RadioInfluence.com. Ah, we're going to do a little back-to-back sweet science. A little sweet science. A little boxing. And it's not really about the sport of boxing. Well, a little bit. It's about the person. And it's, uh, it's a two-headed one. I got a, I got a father and a son duo. The father stops by, but it really is about Junior. I'm talking about Antonio Tarver Jr. Now, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, there's a fight card on Saturday night. If you're listening to this, because it runs all week. I mean, it stays forever on the internet, but if you're listening to this uh, late Saturday night or maybe on Sunday or Monday, you already know that he won. I'm assuming he's going to win to go to 10-0 and as a super welterweight professional boxer trained by his dad, five-time world champion, the magic man, Antonio Tarver. But, but he is trying to forge his own path. He loves boxing. He's being trained by his, his dad. And it's hard when you are the son of a superstar, a world champion. You know, everybody thinks that you are him. No. And so I saw him at the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame. I've been following him on social media because I follow his dad. I've interviewed his dad many, many times. His dad came on this podcast. And so, but but then I got to see him up close and how he, how he is around his kids and his family. And he's a really good father. And he's just a good man. He's got a great personality. He's a good guy. And he's trying to make his way. So this fight card is in Plant City, Florida, which is a suburb right outside of Tampa. It's a Tampa Bay area night, and it's up-and-coming fighters. But he's got a different story. He didn't have a long amateur career at all, didn't even have 10 amateur fights. And he's later in the game trying to make it, and he's really working hard. And it's just he's just a good dude. And then his father will jump in. As well. And then on the back end, I'll tell you, I got some stories I want to hit you up on. It's just a beautiful, beautiful. I'm, it's in the evening right now, and I'm sitting out on the back patio, and it is just gorgeous. We're ahead of schedule. We're getting like early November Florida weather, according to my friend that's a meteorologist. So all is good. Well into the football season. We're in postseason baseball. Hockey is starting. NBA is starting. And it's just a really great time. It's a great, great time. I love the fall. So without further ado, we did this at uh, Calta's Boxing Gym, Fitness Gym in Tampa. And that's where he trains. And let me welcome in T2. Yes, Antonio Tarver Jr. All right, I am with the future world champion Antonio Tarver Jr. Yes, his dad is a five-time world champ and T2 is on his way. Junior, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, feeling great, feeling in shape. You're looking good. You're being trained by one of the best. What is that like? Because there's some that, you know, most love our dad, you know, love our mom. But also to be trained and tutored nonstop, some wouldn't want that. What's that like? You know, we got good days and bad days, but uh, for the most part, we are on one accord. We're trying to figure it out. Um, 
we're trying to make sure that everything is right. He want to make sure I'm right. He want to make sure I'm in shape. He want to make sure I'm focused on every aspect of this boxing game. So with that being said, you know, he's going to be hard on me. He's going to aggravate me. He's going to get on my nerves sometime. But the goal at hand is to become world champion. You know, I think that's just, you know, that's so important because you know the you know how the boxing game can be. And you don't want to be pushed too fast. Now, you're a different kind of a story because you didn't start until you were like, what, 26 years old? 21, I started boxing. 21, I started boxing. But I went pro at 26. Right. So, because a lot of guys have a long amateur career. That's not that's not the case for you, right? No, only had seven amateur fights and that was it. So why? What, what what happened? Did you start out? You liked it? Did did life get in the way and then you got back into it? Because it's it's an unusual story. Well, you know, in the beginning, I played uh, basketball for in high school and college. I played two years in college. Uh, it was fun. And uh, when I found out that I wasn't going overseas to play ball or anything like that, then, uh, you know, I slid down to Tampa seeking uh, looking for something to grab on to and um boxing always been around me you know my dad five-time world champion I always seen him i almost went to almost every fight maybe i think i missed two fights you know and i think with me seeing that and understanding like well if you just put your work in and bust your ass you know a lot can come from that and he showed me that so when i seen that i've been fell in love with the sport so i was like you know what can i box i thought about it you know at 21 years old came to tampa and i said can i box and i got in the ring Got in shape. I got down to like 175. I did a couple amateur tournaments. I won. I think I only lost one fight out of the seven or eight. And, um, you know, I was like, damn, I can be pretty good at this. And um, the other guy that trained me was uh, Jimmy Williams. That was the guy that trained my dad at nine years old. So when he kind of spilled his beans in me and his knowledge and the things that I want, that he kind of made me really understand the sport and what I was doing and how I was doing it in and out of the ring. And I think that was a real game changer. How far have you come from then to now when you step in that ring? Uh, light years ahead, man. I, I think I'm ready for those big guys now. Um, I just know that, you know, I need the experience, but I have it in between the ears and in between the, uh, the, 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 um, the ring you know i have it in between those things so at the end of the day i'm getting trained by the best like i said i got a real good toolage for about six years from jimmy williams and man if anybody know who this guy is you would know that he is a beast and he understands the sport better than anybody in the world <laughs> you know so um with that being said then my dad also is feeding me the same thing and and different things on top of that so you know I think when it come down to it, when the pressure get tight, when things get rough, I'm going to figure out a way to win. You know, it's an interesting point because, okay, you didn't have the long amateur career that so many did. You started a little bit later turning pro, but you were around the fight game. Being there as a young kid watching your dad. I cover a lot of baseball and these kids that were in the clubhouse, they're ahead like because they've... Do you feel that way, though? Yeah, yeah. I think it shows in my fights. You know, um, when when they think I'm in trouble, I'm really not in trouble. You know, I figure out a way to break my opponent down. And that's due to my dad and Jimmy Williams and even Orlando Cuellar. You know, he's a great trainer. I went down there a couple of times with him for training camp. And, um, yeah, those things, man, they all play a part at the end of the day. It's about getting trained right. 
It don't matter who you get trained by. It don't matter what it is. If you get trained right, you'll be prepared. Now, what about having that Tarver name, that legacy? For some that are sons of greats, that's hard because they expect you to be your dad, but you're your own man. What's that like? You know, I, I really don't put the pressure on myself, you know, because I chose to box, you know, and uh, either with my dad or not, I was going to do this. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, we're together and that's what it is, you know, and um, I'm not it, it wasn't hard for me. I don't put any pressure. Like I got to be better than my dad or anything like that. I just take one fight at a time, prepare for it the best way I can, make sure I'm in the greatest shape of my life. And I know I'm going to go out there and handle business. Now, has your dad, I'm assumed you've seen it. You know how the, the sport itself, it's always, I remember covering a Mike Tyson press conference in New York City years ago, and the promoters, they were doing, and he goes, you guys are doing all this talking, and we're the ones that are in the ring. And I mean, your dad is, you've seen it. You've seen how the business is, but I guess you can't, you can't worry about that. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of underhanded stuff that goes on. You know, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of different things, politics and all those things that's going on. But I think at the end of the day, man, you get the right fight, be the right person. You, they can't deny you. I think my dad showed that in the Roy Jones fight. No doubt about that. No doubt about what Do you remember that? Hey, tell, tell me about that, man, when you were there seeing that. Oh, man, it was electrifying, man. I remember walking out, man. It had to be about, I don't know, 23,000 people in the arena, man. Probably more than that. I might be understating the, the the atmosphere of what what was happening but man i walked out with him i was holding the belts and i literally felt like a you know how a college game is like you know uh north carolina versus Duke. it's just rumbling 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 and man I, i'm walking out my legs were shaking i'm like what the hell how this guy staying focused under all this pressure like literally i could feel the ground shaking under my feet and i'm like what and i just remember thinking like this is crazy, but one thing he did say, he said, hey, son, I'm going to get him this time. And after that, I was like, all right, dad, I believe it. And the way he looked at me, the way he he said it to me, the way he was, like, so focused when he said it, I was like, I believe you, dad. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. What a story. Well, you were probably too little when he was in the Rocky movie with Sylvester Stallone. I mean, you probably, Ryan, have you seen it, those sins? Or no? That was that was something, huh? No, that was that was really something crazy, man, to see my dad on a, on a big screen, you know, you know, movie theater is going down, you know, and uh, it was crazy, man. My life kind of changed when I was younger around that time because people, you know, people treated me like a celebrity in high school and things like that. So it was a little crazy for me, but um, it, it was a great experience. I can say that. Now, you're also a dad. You're, you, you, you got two little ones. I remember seeing you at the Florida Sports Hall of Fame when your dad got inducted and they were running around and you were doing the dad thing. And uh, there's a lot of pride in that, huh? You're, you're fighting for not only yourself, but also for your family, huh? Has that changed you? Uh, yeah, that changed me a lot. You know, um, the desire, the hunger, the, the, the grind. You know, when I look at my little babies, I look at my little two-year-old, two-year-old girl. Jordan Tarver, I'm just like, man, like, this is what I'm doing it for. My little son, he's seven years old, Antonio Tarver III. Love him to death. You know, I had to give him the last name. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but um, cool. yeah, nah, man, it's, uh, ain't, ain't, you know, it's hard, you know, sacrificing certain things and certain things that I don't want to bend on because I know that, you know, I want to be there every day with my kids, you know, um, 
24/7 if I can. But you know, with this boxing thing, man, you gotta you gotta sacrifice a lot. Sometimes you gotta sacrifice three weeks. Sometimes you gotta sacrifice two months. And you know, when it comes to that, it's a little hard for me. But I just gotta stay in shape, stay ready. You know, no matter what, because I've been under a lot of pressure during this time with my kids, with everything else that's going on. So at the end of the day, you know, pressure don't bust my pipes. You know, we working, we training, and we always be ready because now this is a pivotal point in my career and I'm trying to make a move right now. Just a couple more and I ask all boxers this and I'm kind of curious. Now you're more, you're younger, some of the older ones on what is going on with a guy like a Jake Paul. He comes into this business. He's making a lot of money, but he's also running the show and he's got a big following. This is how it is in 2022. How do you feel about what's going on with a guy like a Jake Paul in boxing? Well, you know, you can't really hate on him. You know, uh, we don't hate on people around here. So at the end of the day, you know, he he made the right decision. He got the right team behind him for whatever reason. They made it happen. You know, um, he got a little boxing skills, I think, you know, but. Not too crazy. I went to his last fight out here in, uh, not his last fight, but a fight before over in, uh, might have been his last fight. I don't know. It was uh, over in. Uh, I think Atlanta. it was when he knocked him, knocked uh, him out. The second one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, at Emily. Yeah. Okay, so you saw it in person. What'd you think? Yeah, I saw it in person. You know, it was, it was a little dead for the first five, I think it was five, six rounds. And, you know, he called him with the overhand right and, you know, made him good night. But other than that, it was a lot of hugging and holding and, you know, it wasn't really exciting to me, but, uh, you know, when somebody get knocked out like that, you know, that's really exciting. All right. So here's what I ask all. Uh, number one, your your goal. Is it world champion? Is it world champion for a long time? Uh, what it what what what's 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 the goal? The end game? Yeah, absolutely. I want to be a world champion. If I can unify, hopefully somebody got all the titles by the time I get up there. If not, I get the title one by one, and then I would like to defend my titles. What advice do you have for young kids that want to get in this game? Maybe they're starting it. You've seen your father's been a world champion. You're on that path now. What would be the best junior, the best piece of advice you could give a youngster? Look, man, just stay grinding and don't stop grinding, man. And um, it's going to get hard. It's going to have bumps in the road. And at the end of the day, just know your goals and, and stay focused on that at hand. You know, it's, it's tough, though. You know, sometimes you got to stay in shape all the time. And sometimes you want to eat crazy foods. And, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, you just got to stay on your job, man, and stay on your job at all times. It's a pleasure. You're a gentleman, and I wouldn't want to get in the ring with you. The best of luck, T2. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, he's dad. I would say he is, he is he's dad first, and then he is five-time world champion. I, that's the only time when you would not put five-time world champion first. first. Right. You must be a very proud dad training this young man. I am, I am. I mean, uh, but it's tough. Like I said, uh, you know, this sport is tough, and, and he's understanding that. You know, it's a process. You know, um, you know everybody think that, uh, okay, we should have been there by now, but, you know, when you know i don't i don't believe the higher power ever makes a mistake so when he's ready and ripe for that stage he'll be ready for that stage you know what i mean i think we're close right now i think this fight is going to show us you know uh exactly where he's at right now and what we need to do to get better for tomorrow so it's a constant grind like he was saying earlier but we definitely have our eyes set on 
you know, getting there and, and making good at the time that, uh, you know, we've been working. Now, there's been quite a few father and son duos over the course of time training sons. Sometimes that can be hard because it's your son. But then, of course, you want him to be good. So you got to push and have tough love. How's that been for you? It's a challenge in everything, man. I mean, nothing ever goes completely right. You always dealt, you know, uh, some bad hands sometime. You're not always going to have good days. You know what I mean? We're not always on the same page. So even in that, you know, in the struggle, it builds character. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we, we're we not going to get there until we're ready. So it, it don't matter. We just hope it ain't too late. You know what I'm saying? Because time waits for no one. And I've been preaching that. You know, but I can't fight for nobody. You know, I already did what I was supposed to do. Now I just want to prepare him. And if it's for him, then it will be. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, the goal ain't to follow in my footsteps or fill my shoes. Nah, the goal is to be the best he can be. And wherever that, wherever he lands, that's where he lands. But we ain't in no competition. We in the same corner. And that's what people need to realize. He ain't trying to be another me. He trying to be himself. I already did me. And we good with that. But there are some things that I have to offer. And what I have to offer is the blueprint to success when it comes to boxing. And you, you, you can say what you want about me. Love me or hate me. I ain't never heard nobody say I didn't know what I was talking about when it came down to this sport. And, you know, that's enough said. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been trained by the best. I'll put my experience against anybody in a corner out there. And my experiences from everything I had to get go through to, to be called champion, I think I can serve anybody well when it comes down to this boxing because I know this game. It's just simple as that. All right, Coach. All right, Dad. T2, Tarver Promotions. All the success in the world to both of you men. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, so I didn't even know that Antonio Tarver Sr., Antonio Tarver, the magic man, was behind me when we were doing uh, that interview. I had no idea. He, uh, he was running a little late. We came outside. Uh, Junior brought his uh, T2, brought his water jug, and I was telling him I had just come from the Bucks and about Brady and Brady and all of his water and his hydration. I'm even doing it a lot more now, and he's like, that's what he does, and it's so good for you. And you know what? There's all the there's Gatorades and electro, electrolytes and all these drinks, and they have a lot of sugar. And bottom line is there's still nothing better than H2O. But... I just, I, I think it's kind of neat on what Antonio, I'm hoping he'll go all the way to be a world champion. But if he doesn't, what an experience of bonding and father and son spending all that time together. It's awesome. And when I was at the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame two years ago, and or a year and a half ago, whatever, and I was and I saw Antonio Tarver, the whole team Tarver. They have a big family, and they're all pretty tight. And it was really neat to see, and especially neat to see Junior around his kids and his family. And you know, it's not like he's—I mean, he was chasing them around. He was, he disciplining them. He was there. He was there. He's there for him. 
He's a good, he's a good, he's a good young man. And it's pretty neat to see. So I wish them well. Again, it's tarverpromotions.com. And they're in the fight game now and in promoting fights. And Antonio is, and he's done some things at Roy Jones Jr. And he's, he's done a lot of different shows. He looks fantastic. And when I was looking at him, I, I, with all these former boxers, I remember Muhammad Ali once said this. Once he saw an opponent, this is before the days of the internet and videotape, and sometimes he wouldn't even ever see video of his opponent. You know, it was different with, you know, Joe Frazier and, and, you know, at the end of his career, but early on. And he said he met, he saw one of his opponents at the airport. He flew into wherever they were going to fight. His opponent had flown in at the same time. And he said he looked at him and he was like, whoa, whoa. He didn't have a mark on his face. That's not good. That means he's got good defense. And Antonio Tarver in his 50s, his skin and his face, he has no marks, man. And that means he was damn, he was a damn good defensive fighter besides having punching power and everything else. I'm telling you, man, he has no marks on his face. He got up really close to me when he was talking and I'm like, dang. And he looks, he looks fantastic because he's working out every day. He's training his son and he looks like he can still fight. So I would hope, I'd love to see him fight Jake Paul. I, I really would. I would. But anyway, guys, good luck to you. Junior. And, and and Antonio, I've known you a long time, man. And he's been coming in for years on my TV show, The Magic Man. He had come from over from Orlando, moving to Tampa Bay, and uh, he's doing really good things. And his son and Antonio Jr. T two, best of luck to you guys. Now, speaking of Brady, because Brady with his water, I had just come from One Buck Place where it was a Brady day when I did this interview with these guys. I also, I had a real good content day. I was doing, I was at a third place and I got some stuff that I got in the can. So it was a great day. But the weather is gorgeous now. And so I was coming from one buck and I was watching Brady. I watch him, he comes out every Thursday is when he talks to the media, to us media geeks. I watch him when he comes out at practice. I, I just observe because again, this... You're not going to see this ever again. This is like a Michael Jordan of our time, and he's here. So I'm going to take advantage of it. And the thing about it is, a couple of weeks ago, one of the reporters, he's been around here a long time, Ira Kaufman, and he asked him in a nice way, Tom, the media scrutiny, you know, are you getting a little bit tired of it? I know you just want to play football. And he was like, uh, it's been like this for, for quite some time now. Like, this is how it is. I'm used to it. And, you know, I'll post, you know, just retweet like, okay, the, the, the alleged, you know, divorce and they've lawyered up or Giselle and she's down in Miami and I'll just retweet it. It's news. And I will get some people. It's not, it's none of your business. We'll leave them alone. Look, I'm in the news business. That stuff people are interested in. The everyday Joe likes to see people that have a lot of money, are successful, and are famous. And let's call it like it is. A lot will like to see people go down or fail like or make them feel like, you know what? Look, they're going through a divorce. Life isn't, life isn't always perfect. It seems like it's perfect. And a, a friend of mine that I went to high school with that I know, he's back in Jersey. 
and he he responded on social media to one of my posts about the Brady thing, and he was like, I know I'm supposed to care, I don't care, but I wish I had their problems. And I thought, well, does he mean just money? Does he wish? He wishes he had their problems, their life. And it got me thinking, I don't know how you feel. Now, when people say money isn't everything, it's not. Mike Tyson said, people that think that money is everything never had a ton of money because Tyson did and he wasn't happy. Now, does it help? Yes. Does it does it help if you're not paycheck to paycheck? Hell yes. Hell yes, it does. But would you, I would not, I'm very, I'm happy. Listen, I want to keep on working. I love what I do. I'm trying to still do more. I got this podcast. I got a podcast with Joe Bucks fan before every Buccaneer game. And I really break it down. I do an under the rock segment where uh, what I see at one buck, I'm over there three, uh, tw- two times a week, maybe three times a week. What I see, you know, but I do got to give you some heavy content because I'm breaking down the opponent and the games and all that stuff. So I love that. But I'd like to do some more. I want to do more. I don't want to keep I don't want to just sit, sit back, you know, um, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, here or there, you get a little health scare, and and the health is everything. Um, it's a beautiful time of year now, where where our weather is just gorgeous. We're in early November weather, even though it's October. I'm sitting outside here on a patio, talking to you, and you know, I'm very, very, very thankful, and very, very, very thankful and fortunate. And what I want. Look, he's got, what, a $385 million uh, paycheck coming his way from Fox as soon as he retires. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars. And it used to be, oh, he's married to a supermodel. Well, you see how that's turning out. So that isn't all that. I remember she was on, she did an interview with a magazine and she said, it ain't no fairy, this ain't no fairy tale. People think we're a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale marriage, life, it's not a fairy tale. But would you, you know, he wishes he had their problems. He wishes, would you want to be, would you want to have your marital life, the whole world know what's going on? I have gone through a divorce with a child, my son. He was unborn at the time. I, we, my, we were separated. It wasn't going good. I got her. She got pregnant. That's all Hunter knows. And we've done the best. But boy, when you're going through that, it's it is hard and trying like, you know, she did a very good job in raising him. I would see him every day, take him to school, but it was real short, pick him up after school. And then every other weekend, and then it just, it, it, it wasn't, you know, as much. But my, my, my point on that is, I can't imagine the whole world knowing my business. I, I, I wouldn't want that. It's already hard enough. And he cannot, 
he cannot go anywhere, like in the public. There has not been one sighting of him at a Publix, at a car wash, at anything. And, you know, he took a lot of heat uh, for statements that he made and I, about raising, he and Giselle raising their kids because it's fantasy. They have a driver that drives them. They have a cook or a chef that cooks their food. They have cleaners that clean their house. And Brady even said for his kids, he doesn't want them to be spoiled. He's like, that's not reality. And that's all he said. What was wrong with that? Oh, he took so much heat for that. Fan, you know, fans or non-fans saying, oh, he's got a driver and a cleaner and a cook. Oh, whoa, whoa, wah, wah, wah. No, he didn't. He's just talking about you don't want your kids to be spoiled. It's going to be hard, you know, uh, well, not hard because they it's generational money. All I'm trying to say is it made me think this week, this past week, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want to be Brady. I, I, I saw one comment and it made me laugh. And a guy said uh, he would give 10 years of his life to be a single Tom Brady for, I don't know, a month or two. Just to be Brady with handsome single NFL quarterback TV star to be and hundreds of millions of dollars and being out on the prowl, he, he would give 10 years of his life. And that actually was funny. That was funny. But overall, overall, I mean, I remember when uh, Snoop Dogg was here a couple of times and years and years ago when they had the Snoop Bowl, when the, they play He's got the youth football team out of L.A., and they're unbelievable, and they're all-stars, and he goes to the host city where they have a Super Bowl every year, and his team, the Snoop Dogg, Snoop uh, All-Stars, they play the the local all team, and I remember they played the Tampa Bay team, and it was coached by Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott was the head coach at the time. We're going way back now. Well, one of the Super Bowls was here. And Tony Mayberry and Beckles and way back. And I'll never forget that Mike Allstott at the time when he was as a fullback here, handsome, rugged, hard-nosed player, hard to tackle, just uh, gritty that the fans just love the A-train. And they'd play that A-train, this whistle, the train whistle. And he was just such a fan favorite. The women loved him. And everybody loved us, the A-Train, Mike. But when, and we, they did a press conference before this Snoop Bowl, because I did the play-by-play for the Snoop, uh, Snoop Bowl. Yeah, I did the play-by-play on TV. <laughs> I told the story before. There was no roster. There was a roster for the Tampa Bay team. And I'm doing the play-by-play, so I go down in the field. And I said, hey, man, I need a roster. And one of the bodyguards, his big brother, looked over at me and said, there ain't no roster. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm doing the TV broadcast of this game. I need a roster. And he looked at me, he goes, there ain't no roster. And I was not 
about to cause a commotion with this big brother. And I said, gotcha, my man. And so I stood down there and I just tried to listen and watch. And it would be like, hey, all right, that's all right, Speedy. Hey, Slinky. Hey, Bad Blood. Those were the names, nicknames of the kids. And that's what I went with. But it was a hell of a good time. But they did it at a high school, the press conference. And when Allstock came out, there was a lot of, you know, high schoolers at the time. They're trying to. But when Snoop Dogg came out, it was like the Pied Piper. Every single kid in that high school was following Snoop Dogg. And I said, that is stardom on a national, international level. And now you're talking about Brady, where he can't go anywhere. Anywhere. Would you not be able to go anywhere? Only stay in? Unless you don't mind being a shut-in. I like going to Publix. I like going out to get gas. I like growing out my car and just going, man, and just, you know, errands and stuff. I like it. I, I can't imagine it. So anyway, there's that. But it it kind of got me when my one friend from New Jersey, and he's in the newspaper business. Yep, he's still at it. It's digital, online, but oh my God, I can't believe he's still, he's still doing it. But he was like, I wish I had their problems. I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. As long as my bills are paid and I got good health and I can still crank open my beers and do a little partying, I'm good. I'm good. Although my recovery, it's harder. <laughs> I had a blast. About week, it would be about two weeks ago now, the craft beer bar where I, where I uh, frequent, I walk to. It's like a cheers. <clears throat> and they, they sold. They had their final night. And it was just, oh, my God. That was such an entertaining night. It was just so much fun. Oh, my God. My God, my God. I will say this. There is one of the women, girls, that frequents there. And <clears throat> she goes there a lot. We're sitting outside. It was a nice night. A bunch of us, some of the servers from a restaurant, Mystic Fish, right next door. They come over when their shift is done. And it was just the good people. I felt like I was actually part of the cool people. I swear to God, it was great. And we're sitting out there, everybody out there that I liked, and we're drinking and just having a nice time, man, just chewing, chewing the fat. And she just, she's, she's, she's very opinionated. And she's just like, are you Republican? Are you, you know, and just wanting to really, and I thought, I am here to get my buzz. I do not want to get into a spirited debate over politics right now. And it's just not my thing. Now, if you love to debate politics, be my guest. But I don't, I, that's not appropriate. I'm here to have a good time, not to get all worked up or to try to debate your points. It's not my thing. Do you think that's proper adequate? Etiquette? Are you a, are you a Republican? Why why should I why should I tell you? And now what are you going to come at me with? And here we go. Then it's going to start, you know. And so I just I was just curious. I don't know how you feel. If this was a show, I would open it up and take your calls. Jump aboard. I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. Yeah, the eight eight eight. Boom boom boom. Say, are you a politics uh, politician? Uh, politician. 
po- political uh, junkie. But anyway, 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 anyway. All right, what else we got going on? We're again, we're planning our big, uh, our big uh, family event. It's getting closer. God, I see Southwest Airlines had some great deals, and I was dying. But I don't want to travel anywhere because if I was to get the Rona now and be knocked out for a little bit with this. My wife has done so much planning. We have family members from both sides flying in. We've never hosted at all. I am not a host, so I like to go to places, and then when I'm done, I can hightail it out. But uh, I'm I'm gotta wait. And then once once after November sixth, hell, it's too cold. I mean, you you. you, you you can't really, I'm still going to try to go to New Jersey. Anyway, I don't think she knows it yet. She didn't even listen to my podcast. I'm going to do it. The heck with it. But then you're close to Thanksgiving, Christmas. I, I got to get out. I got to get up north a little bit. But anyway, listen, that's about it for today. My thank you to you for, if you're not subscribed yet, just hit the subscribe button. It's that easy. You don't have to listen. It comes out every Tuesday and uh, it makes it easier. And if you don't want to listen, you don't have to. It's America. I'm not here to, to force anything down your throat, man. I just love what I do. And if you're enjoying it, I am. that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Um, I've got something different. May play it next week. I'm not sure. But anyway, stay tuned every Tuesday. So my thanks to the Tarvers, T2, and his dad. Antonio Tarver Jr. Antonio Tarver Sr. And my and I really feel so bad. Last week's podcast guest is Connor Coyle. And he went all the way over to the UK. And the fight, he was on the undercard of the Eubanks and Ben. And then it got canceled because the guy missed with the drug test. And, and it wasn't his fault. And all the training that he does and flying over there to London, the biggest stage he's ever been on. And it's, I just can't imagine, man. But he's, he's a good one. He is a good one. So anyway, there you go. All right, listen. Enjoy. We still have time before the holidays. Just enjoy this fall season. All right? And I'll talk to you next week right here on The Rock Stops Here. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 